The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, welcome back to another program, Afternoons with Mike here on the Shepherd Radio Network. It's my privilege to be with you day in and day out, have alongside a guest, sometimes local, sometimes on the line. The latter is the case for this uh, particular program. Mike Hambrick is my guest today. Mike is uh, right now from Nashville, originally from Texas, and uh, he was a broadcaster. He is an author. He is a a leader of uh, really an organization called Save America's Freedom. We had him on again last December the 19th, and Mike, it is great to have you back. Well, Michael, it's great to be back with you and you and your audience, and I certainly appreciate visiting with you. Thanks for having me. You're living in Nashville. That's an area that I love. And I'd mentioned to you my love for Texas as well. I, as you mentioned, I'm a native Texan. I've spent most of my career out of Texas. However, I did uh, anchor the news for a while, television news in Dallas. But I spent most of my career in uh, certainly the, the latter part in Washington, D.C. But I always wanted to, there's a, there's a, a void that, uh, that only Texas can feel uh, fill if you're a Texan. And I recalled once that I read that uh, Tommy Lee Jones, who of course is a native uh, Texan, said that uh, Texans spend the first half of their life trying to get out of Texas and the second half trying to get back. Oh, that's and, so uh, great. Yeah. That reminds, so I think that's probably true. That reminds me of the old Mac Davis song, A Lubbock in My Rear View Mirror. And that he, he, I, he says, I thought happiness was Lubbock in my rearview mirror. And, and yet uh, he found out just that very same thing, that it was uh, truly Lubbock in his uh, front windshield <laughs> that made him happy. And sometimes all that glitters is not gold on the other side. Isn't that right? That's very true. And we always tend to think that, but uh, it's never the case. You have to deal with where you are in the moment. You can't control yesterday and you can't control tomorrow. You can only control the moment that you're in. Well, I know the last time you were with me, you told what was a just scary experience with COVID pneumonia. Refresh our listeners, if you will, about what kind of experience that was. Well, uh, I'm blessed to be here, Mike. There's no question about it. I, I developed COVID pneumonia, um, and it was the battle was quite severe. I was in the hospital for four months. My uh, body totally atrophied. I had um, two intubations, was on dialysis, three My blood goodness. transfusions, three heart pressers, uh, any organ except, uh, I guess, my brain ultimately did not did not falter. However, for the four months that I was in the hospital, in and out of comas, um, induced and otherwise, the doctors were convincing those close to me that uh, that they should just let me go. They should just, uh, you know, my, my life would not be normal. I was going to be brain dead. Uh, all of those things that proved obviously to be untrue. And I had what was a... Uh, a real divine experience and was blessed to have a uh, a time I spent in the presence of the Lord and was, and felt the affirmation that I was not going to die. And of course I didn't, but the doctors can't explain it. They, they, those who were treating me referred to me as the miracle man, that there was no medical justification for me to be alive, that uh, I was 72 years old at the time. However, I didn't have any underlying conditions and I was very healthy. I think that helped too in the battle, but of course that was part of God's plan as well. So it was it was, um, it was was difficult uh, and it was mainly extremely difficult for those around me and those who cared for me. But mm-hmm. I had thousands of people literally thousands of people around the country praying for me, Mike. And the power of prayer uh, is just that, is powerful. And without that, 
prayer uh, and without the divine intervention, I would not have made it. I would not have lived. Well, I'm so glad I, you I, did. I'm blessed to have had COVID and blessed to have survived it yes. and been in, been in the presence of the Lord. You know, sometimes uh, even those very difficult situations like what you went through open the door and the pathway is right there for such a marvelous experience like what you did. So isn't that funny that in the darkest of night, uh, one of the greatest, most life-changing experiences happens to you? It does. And those experiences happen when you most need the Lord, that the bottom has fallen out, the elevator continues to fall, but the Lord comes in and catches you and he stops that fall. Oh, praise God he did. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I love this story. I really enjoyed my first visit with you, and I'm already thinking, man, you've given us already the price of admission here for this one. (laughs) Thank you for all of that. You know, we're seeing a time right now with this thing going on in Asbury. Revival is breaking out in different parts of our country. People are experiencing, maybe not from a, a hospital bed or like what you did, but they're experiencing a touch from God and maybe a visitation in their own heart in a brand new way, and it is really exciting to hear, and I pray more of that happens in the days to come. Uh, Our time is limited. I want to get with you real quick on your your book and then kind of jump from the book, your book, uh, Memphis. Now, I understand you've just written another one as well, so you have two novels out, right? Well, I'm in the process of writing the second novel. The second novel, strangely enough, was to be my first novel, uh, but now it is the sequel to Memphis. Okay. So Memphis is this conspiracy that uh, a rock DJ, now you you yourself, we talked last time about how in some ways it's autobiographical. It's uh, not about you per se. The character is Matt Harrison, and he's a rock DJ, as uh, were you. And you've already mentioned you were also a TV anchor in Dallas. That's no small art market, my friend. So you've you've had some chops under you and uh, your experience. But uh, in this book, The Rock DJ uncovers a conspiracy behind Martin Luther King's assassination in Memphis. Yes, that's correct. Um, there were, as, as I think we mentioned before, there were four major assassinations in the 60s, the decade of the 60s. President Kennedy, President John F. Kennedy, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr., and Robert Kennedy. Right. And there was, a, I believe, there was a, cons, a government conspiracy behind each one of those assassinations. And my research has proven to me, without a doubt, that James Earl Ray was not the shooter, that he was set up as a patsy, uh, a scapegoat, uh, a year prior to the assassination in uh, April 4th of 1968. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it, it It is an indication of when we stray away from the basic principles of what this country was founded on, and we move closer and closer to a status-controlled government, a socialist government, if you will, then things of that nature, that diabolical as that might be, do occur. And and the information about them is is kept from us, which is also one of the basic tenets of of socialism or communism or fascism is to control the information, control information that citizens are allowed to hear and not to hear. And I think that's certainly been the case uh, through the years. Had it not been for the wonderful and and devoted and exhaustive work that several uh, journalists and and, uh, attorneys as well had done through the years as it relates to the uh, assassination of King, um, I would not have been able to, to to write that aspect of the book with such degree of confidence and validity that it indeed was a, a conspiracy. When I started to write the book, I knew that I was going to have to deal with King. And as you said, fiction, any fiction is semi-autobiographical, and this certainly is, but I do take poetic or creative license because it is fiction. But I was in Memphis since uh, April of 68, 1968, when King was killed. So, you know, I, I I was not a journalist at the time. I didn't cover it. I was a, was 19 years old. But I, I, I recall 
all of the atmosphere and the ambiance and what was going on in in the community and and the country at that time, mm-hmm. which was a, was a very um, uh, unsettling uh, era of our history and and revolutionary in in terms. And I think much of what occurred in the '60s actually was the the uh, gateway uh, to where we are now and how we have lost traditional American values, uh, Judeo-Christian ethics and, and, and morals, moral relevancy rules the day now. All of those uh, attacks on our value system as true Americans and Christians began, I believe, in earnest uh, in the 1960s, and, and as I say, open the floodgates for where we are are today. And I think we need to to really realize that the socialists in this country have actually won the battle. If you check the boxes of what is socialism, America certainly qualifies. And I think that that we need to look at what we have to do to regain traditional America, ruled by God's law, yes. natural law, is is is. It's not an overstatement. It's not an exaggeration to say what we need is a counter-revolution, and we have to become very active in that process. You think about the tie-in and the question, could America, through an organization like the CIA, for example, people have asked this question time and time again, could they have been behind these uh, high-profile assassinations? And, you know, people who have suggested that, they've been scoffed, they've been laughed at, they've been mocked in the media. They're, they're not so theoretical. And it's just amazing when I realize with all of the evidence that has been unturned since 1963, Kennedy's assassination and then these others that happened subsequent to that, with all the evidence that's there, it, isn't it amazing how quickly it's all dismissed as still being just a theory? Well, I think that's that's not just a happenstance. That's that is a uh, a very well thought out and uh, concerted effort to um, undermine the credibility of the nature of the conspiracy and to and to keep it a secret. Uh, and the and the media has has been uh, a, a part of that the megaphone of the the establishment, the mainstream media mm-hmm. for for many many years. It, it that that's by design. The conspiracy theories have been marginalized, demonized, ridiculed, and 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 basically, you know the credibility just knocked out from under them and anyone as you say who who happens to have studied and researched and end up believing the, the truth that the conspiracies actually did happen are themselves marginalized particularly and, and demonized particularly those who have done the research and it's a, it's a concerted well thought out well executed effort to do that and and it, that effort that that media machine if you will uh, goes into play not just with conspiracy theories, but with people who are critical of the status quo, of the existence of a, a socialist government. As mm-hmm. I say, if you check the boxes, America qualifies to a large degree as a socialist country. The uh, the it's a status controlled economy. Our our rights as individuals are constantly under threat, eroded, and 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 cast aside. Uh, it it is a scary proposition, and we need to become the first the first step in solving a problem, as you well know, Mike, is admitting there is a problem. Right. Well, the media doesn't want us to admit there is a problem, so they undermine the credibility at all levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there is indeed uh, something wrong at the level of a revolution that has been completed by those in the socialist movement. I, there's just no doubt in my mind in the research that I've done. And as, as I said, I spent 25 years in Washington. I anchored the news in Washington. I worked in politics. I worked on the Hill. I worked with uh, with with elected officials and ran statewide campaigns for office. So I understand the political process and observed it 
up closely. In six or seven, I guess maybe eight years ago now, I started the process of looking around at all of the things that were going wrong in the country and trying to figure out what is this? What, what is going on here in America? And I uh, did a lot of research and connected the dots and, and that led to the formation of my foundation, which was curtailed. Everything in my life, Michael, is BC and AC before COVID and after COVID. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> funny how that works out that way, right? Right. Oh, my goodness. So, so before COVID, I started uh, Save America's Freedom Foundation after I connected the dots and realized that all of the things that we report on and we read about and are fed to us are just symptoms of the disease and, and, and in large part, a distraction from understanding and, and uh, coming to the conclusion that there is an overriding and overarching disease in this country, and that is socialism. I it agree. Is, I mean, if, if you look, I mean, we only have to look back to the 20th century for an example of, uh, of socialism, but once again, Part of the the mo of of uh, socialist government is to take control of all levers of power in the country, and that includes education, that includes the image, the culture, that includes the government. It in, it includes uh, eradicating and marginalizing and demonizing religion, moral relevancy, as mm-hmm. I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Now rules the day. Anything is okay. Nothing is. There are no black and white. There are no absolute right and wrongs. So that in itself uh, just weakens the infrastructure of the overall culture and society, and certainly one in America that was based on truth, that was based on the the moral principles laid out in Christianity, which has been set aside. So we need to admit that that is is a problem. And are conspiracies uh, possible? I believe, and from my research and the research of others, through the years, the relentless research, uh, that this conspiracy to kill Martin Luther King was not just the CIA, it was the FBI, it was a large group of disparate people Mm -hmm. and individuals and groups that ordinarily would not be in concert with each other on anything. It goes from the Dixie Mafia to the Klan, to the CIA, to the FBI, to military intelligence, and I believe at the time, the office of the presidency. And it's it's the old adage, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Well, these these disparate groups came together over one goal and 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 one common goal, and that was to uh to assassinate Martin Luther King. And each one of the groups and individuals had their own reasons and singularly their own reasons. Uh, but it was the commonality of wanting to rid the world of Martin Luther King that brought them together successfully to assassinate the civil rights leader Boy. April 4th, 1968. Well, this book rings very, uh, kind of very truly and clearly uh, as to what's happening today. And it is called Memphis. Mike Hambrick is the author. And Mike, I'm going to have to have you back on. I'm out of time for this segment. We're going to have to run. But Can I we- say right, right quickly, um, I have to say this. You can go to hambrickmedia.com to get uh, more information on the book and order it should you so desire. Hambrickmedia.com. Love it. Glad you got that in there. Mike, we'll have to have you back on real soon to continue this discussion. There's too much here, man. We just didn't cover everything I wanted to. But thank you for the time today, my friend. Thank you for having me back. It's great to visit with you, Mike. Thank All right. you so much. Wonderful. I'll be back in a moment with Alex McFarland. That's coming up right in just a moment here on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? 
Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. On the line with me now for segment two is Alex McFarland. He's been on a number of times before. My goodness, this guy is heard everywhere. Just uh, a, a sampling of what uh, you need to know about Alex McFarland, if you are not familiar. He is a Christian apologist. He's an author. He's a speaker, evangelist. He is an analyst of religion on several outlets, and I'm, I'm talking about big-time outlets here, folks. Washington Post, CNN, CBN, BBC. He is on SRN right here on our own network, uh, NBC. Uh, my goodness, he has been everywhere, and he's called on to speak on things going on in our country today with regards to the culture and how it mixes with those of us that are believers. Alex, welcome back. Well, thank you, Mike. It's always an honor to converse with you, and you're, you're so gracious to have me. Thank you. Well, it's our joy. Alex, these are times that uh, are really un unprecedented in my lifetime. I, I say that, and I really mean that. Uh, there are things going on that I think most of uh, our grandparents would have deemed impossible to happen in America, yet it is happening. It's going on all around us. It's going on every day. It's unavoidable. This last couple of weeks, we have been bombarded with news of these balloons. And now, uh, you know, first they weren't doing anything. They let it pass across the country. Uh, they then shot it down. And since then, at least three more have happened. And I think America right now, they're, they're asking questions, and a lot of those questions are not being answered. And we both know that the biggest need in America is that God-shaped hole that's in every one of our lives. But right now is a time we're in a lot of fear. There's a lot, you know, the Super Bowl just happened and another halftime show that really is not wholesome uh, took place. Alex, these are crazy times. What, what are your thoughts about all these? Well, uh, first of all, Mike, thank you. you. You've got a lot of discernment and insight, and I appreciate you devoting some radio time to talking about the, the state of our country, which really is the spiritual state of our country. I mean, what we're talking about, the, the, the cultural, political, economic outflow is really at, at, at its heart a question of the spiritual state of our country. And, and I want to give you a Bible verse about ancient Israel because it would be applicable to any country and certainly is applicable to America. But uh, in the Old Testament, Judges 5 verse 8, speaking of ancient Israel, it says, when they chose new gods, there was chaos within the gates. Mm. Uh, and Israel, of course, was uh, the nation raised up by the true and living God. Uh, Jehovah God raised up Israel to uh, ultimately send Jesus Christ through the Jewish people. Jesus was born. And Judges 5.8 goes on, Mike, and it says, when, when they chose new gods, there was chaos within the gates. Mm -hmm. There was not found a shield nor a spear among 40,000 men in Israel. Okay, here's the thing. The, the spiritual loyalty was transferred. The social structure was decayed and national defense was weakened. That is America. We have chosen new gods. Oh, my goodness. And we have chaos within our gates. Yes, we and do. And our, our national defense is compromised. Uh, m my home state of North Carolina, um, that's where I am right now as you and I speak, and I'm about one hour from Fort Bragg, Cumberland County, the 82nd Airborne it's been my joy to speak in churches all around Fort Bragg and half a dozen times to speak on the base at Fort Bragg. And a lot of people don't know this is our um, largest military installation anywhere directly tied to the Pentagon, directly tied to Jerusalem. National security and quite literally world stability in some ways is contingent on Fort Bragg Uh and I, I've been blessed to know lots and lots and lots of 
high-ranking military officials. Well, here's the thing. Do you know uh, on a Saturday afternoon, you know, three weeks ago, that Chinese surveillance balloon spent four hours just leisurely cruising over Fort Bragg. My goodness, no. I was just going to ask, knowing where it ultimately was shot down, uh, it wasn't that far from there. Yeah, yeah. As the crow flies, okay, it went across Charlotte, North Carolina, and I lived in Charlotte, and, you know, we routinely were seeing airplanes from Fort Bragg. But as the crow flies, uh, that's what we say down south, you know, in a straight line. I mean, you go Charlotte over to Fort Bragg is an hour, and then Fort Bragg over to the coast, Wilmington, Myrtle Beach, Atlantic Beach, where it ultimately was shot down. I mean, it's just a straight line. And, you know, I don't know, and I don't know that it's been publicly released. Uh, but here, here's the thing, scanning, intercepting signals, uh, gathering data, my my goodness, you know, we are a nation that I, I believe, and, and Mike, you know, for, for those of us that are Christians, we know there's an invisible realm, there's a supernatural realm that a lot of people maybe don't take into consideration. But But I honestly believe that a lot of our instability, the rise of crime, uh, really lawlessness, and then ultimately, on an international sense, our, our, our position in the world has been diminished. Our national security has been compromised. Our intel um, and uh, classified information has been compromised. Why? Because like Israel uh, was so prone to do in the Old Testament, we as America have deviated from the God of our founding, the, the God of the Bible. Um, and it's like huh, there's a line in a Clint Eastwood movie, you know, we can do this easy or we can do this hard. Folks, the sooner that we, each one of us as an individual, turn back to the Lord and we say, Lord, I I need you. Lord, please forgive my sins. Uh, Spirit, Spirit of God, help me to live for you and do right. Um, we need to turn back to God. Yes, we do. And I promise you, our nation will begin to be strong again. Our nation will begin to be stable and secure again. But the longer that we um, push God away, the more we will descend into chaos and danger. So we need to turn back to God. America needs to wake up. It's mind-boggling to me. I've, I've used that phrase way too many times, but it is so just so weird that our administration allowed this thing to meander not only over Fort Bragg but all of those sites out west those sites where the, uh, obviously strategic defense is, is they're all positioned out there silos of oh, missiles oh yeah uh, interballistic missiles and uh, all of this uh, it, it is just crazy that this was happening that we allowed it over american airspace and i mean it just took a sunday drive didn't it oh it, well said like a sunday drive and and here's the thing and uh listen i um it's, it's funny i i get so much information from a lot of people uh yeah i lived in colorado for eight years and um uh, was very blessed to know a lot of people at uh, the Air Force Academy, Missile Command, and NORAD. And so I'm very blessed to have a lot of people, a lot of godly people. They love the Lord. They love this country. But here, here's something that's not being reported in the media. Um, I don't know if people know this, but our president, uh, Joe Biden, who I pray for, I do, I pray for the president, I pray for his cabinet. But Joe Biden is an adjunct faculty member at the University of Pennsylvania. A lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he doesn't really teach classes or do the things that adjunct professors do. And I know this. I, I know what it's like because I've, for for 20 plus years, been adjunct faculty at several universities, including Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I, I know what it means to provide a, a curriculum vitae and accreditation. I, I know that landscape well having spent two decades in it. 
But anyway, Joe Biden is uh, adjunct faculty at the University of Pennsylvania, and China has given the University of Pennsylvania $200 million in recent years. Now, the, the Biden think tank, uh, there is a, a I, and I don't know the details of it, but there is a, a, a policy think tank at the University of Pennsylvania uh, with President Biden's name on it. Now, here's my point. The University of Pennsylvania recently was pressed on how that was funded and how Joe Biden as an adjunct faculty member was paid and also how China has recently given $200 million to the endowment of the University of Pennsylvania. Long story short, I mean, uh, many theorize that it, it the University of Pennsylvania is simply a shall we say, laundering device mm. where, whereby Chinese money ultimately winds up in the Biden family pocket. Now, here's my point. Um, that first of several Chinese surveillance balloons that spent a week, seven to eight days, leisurely coursing and careening over North America. I, I mean, my goodness, you you couldn't fly a kite over Fort Bragg without all sorts of uh, response instantly happening. And yet that flew over our airspace and very secure areas. And then um, the word that I've gotten from people that are definitely uh, in the know, it wasn't shot down until permission was given from Beijing. Okay, now... You know, we've collected the data we need. Now you may shoot it down. Isn't now, that something? He, here is my point. We need to pray for our nation because the, this gr the, the, the grand old ship of liberty is being buffeted right now. And, you know, we need good leaders. We need a lot of things. But ultimately, the fate of any nation is in the hands of God, really. And America, uh, as, as de Tocqueville said in the 19th century, America is great because she's good. If America ceases to be good, she, she'll cease to be great. And, you know, one of my favorite books, I was an English major in my first college stint, and it was when I was in college that I got saved, and I became a big fan of John Steinbeck. And uh, John Steinbeck... Uh, his last book was called Travels with Charlie in Search of America. Hmm. And it was about like 1963. I can't remember. But John Steinbeck uh, was getting old, didn't have that long to live, and he took a truck and drove all over America. And he wrote this book, Travels with Charlie. And uh, by the way, if you're ever in, uh, I believe it's Gilroy, California, the Steinbeck Center is out there. I would urge you to go. It's a wonderful museum. And the truck is there. Uh, but John Steinbeck wrote about going to churches on Sunday. And, and even in the 60s, he was talking about like some of the, the, the churches that he would visit would have kind of a sugary, sweet pablum message. And Steinbeck writes, almost like de Tocqueville, he said, no, when I go to church, I want a, a fiery sermon to cause sinners to repent because it was the fire of the pulpit that built America. And uh, he said, at least once a week, if not more, we sinners need to be scared back into righteousness, you know, and warned of a loving God, but a just God. Here, here's right. my point. Um, we're, we're a nation right now that feels like um, we can do whatever we want to do with no repercussions. And whether it be de Tocqueville in the 19th century or Billy Graham in the mid 20th century or just each one of us right now, we need to say that, look, God is holy. God loves us. But Almighty God calls on us to turn from sin to faith in Christ. And as the people... Uh, turn to the Lord, our nation will be turned back to the Lord. And we, we can continue down this path of sin, ungodliness, the Grammys, the NFL. I mean, the, the, 
the media, the classroom, it's we're we're almost like all of the engines of influence have turned to the flesh and turned away from God. And it's going to be our undoing. We're watching it in real time. We must turn back to God and he will bless, he will forgive, he will restore. But the the longer we stay on this path of sin and ungodliness, the more our nation will just simply unravel. It is so unnerving, isn't it, to realize that all of this is going on. It's actually happening from within. I, I know we talk about China. We talk about Russia. We hear all of these other countries way away, way far away from America. Our biggest danger, Alex, is happening right from within because we indeed have left that uh, place that our founders knew. And uh, what you said earlier was well said about the, the fiery pulpits of America, of the preachers in our founding period, that's really what shaped the the whole consciousness that became America in the first place. But now we're displacing that with this thing uh, called progressivism, the left. Oh, my goodness, it's killing this country. Well, well it is, Mike. And, and here's the thing. Look, everybody has a God in their life. There was a a psychologist, uh, Martin Buber, some years ago, who talked about in every life there is I and thou. I mean, everybody has a God. And if you don't have the true God and his revelation of morals and truth, which is it's what our nation was built on. I mean, go to Washington everywhere you look around our Capitol and around uh, the Supreme Court and all the buildings you'll see. Moses holding the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've turned away from that. We've had elite, you know, progressive, you know, um, academicians and theoreticians talking about, you know, that we 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 make our own truth. We're past the old primitive, you know, God's revelation. Uh, here's the thing: what has become God for so many people is license and sexuality, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. just moral relativism. I can call the shots. I do whatever I want to do. And, you know, I I speak at a lot of college campuses. I love to do that. Uh, But so many of these professors that they are misleading, egregiously misleading our young people. And and I'm just going to say this, that it's almost like in the absence of the true and living God, um, sexuality has become our God. The, the idea that we make our own rules, we, yeah, um, yeah, you true. know, we live for the moment and we, we've got to help people understand that no, there, there is God. It's not us. There is God and we can know him, but we must repent and turn to him. That's a strong word. And on that, we're going to have to end. Give us your website real quick before we come to the end of this segment. Simply alexmcfarland.com. alexmcfarland.com. It's always great to check in. We'll be talking with you again down the road, my friend. Thank you, Mike. God bless you, and God bless all that you're doing through radio. And we'll be right back. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Welcome back to the program today and on the line with me from Mesa, Arizona, where I understand they're having a cold snap Not so here in Florida, but Dr. Maureen Anderson from Mesa is on the line. Good afternoon to you. Good morning. Yes, afternoon. Yes, okay, good. (laughs) No problem. It uh, It is really great to talk with you. I know that you've been teaching faith and grace since 1975 in full-time ministry, along with your husband, Dr. C. Thomas Anderson, and you have a TV program, Maureen Anderson. Is that on local, or is that on a network? It's all over the world. It's on um, GEB and and, uh, IV, uh, 
what is it, VTN. Oh, my goodness. Also, um, Andrew Womack's uh, uh, video, TV, I'm on there, too. And so, yeah, it goes all over the world. That's tremendous. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And you've been doing this again for a while. I know in your background <laughs> that I uh, that yeah. I heard about, you were a, a, a really a licensed practical nurse. Did yeah. you ever have an idea that you would then change streams and start and then, studying and going into theology? Well, I got saved uh, at 25. And, uh, at, and after that, my husband built a Christian school right a year after we got saved. He went right into the ministry of building a Christian school. And so we've been in the ministry most of our time of salvation. Wonderful. And so, yeah. And so and so we went into our studies and, you know, we just love the Lord. And, and we were just following God's call in our own life, not really knowing what it was, just willing to do whatever God put before us. And, and, uh, and this is where we're at today. What year After, was it that you came to know the Lord? Uh, 72. 1972. I, I kind of thought that would be the case. So you came to the Lord in a time frame that uh, the move of God was going deeply with the Jesus movement and yes. people's lives are being upended by the Lord. Yes, yes. I know the Lord visited me. I, uh, my, uh, my Catholic friends told me that I needed to get born again and how to get born again. And, and when I went to bed that night, I before I went to sleep, I prayed the prayer. They told me to pray. And all of a sudden, this wind, we were living in Wisconsin at the time, this wind came into the room. And then the Lord just began to fill me up. And, and I got saved. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I had the supernatural experience in my own life. Wow, that uh, sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, Dr. Anderson, I'm sure you've heard about what's going on in Asbury right now. It is uh, an exciting time for many people because the winds of revival appear to be blowing there as well. Oh, praise God. Yes, it's a time for that to happen again. The, re, you know, the charismatic movement and whatever the movement would be this time, we're ready. We need it. We do Young need it. Need that. Yes. Now, I know that uh, one of the things that you did in ministry was to establish uh, a ministry called Women of Destiny. Tell us about that real quick. Well, my husband, uh, uh, you know, built Living Word Bible Church, and it became from a little tiny house to a huge uh, uh, campus today. And my gra- my children and my grandchildren work in it today. But yes, in that, I started the Women of Destiny ministry. And, uh, and you know, it just grew. We always, we ran anywhere from 100 to 200 women every Wednesday. Uh, morning with the Bible study and, and evening. And I did uh, conferences, which would be just packed out to thousands of, of women coming to that. So it was a huge ministry. And now my my daughter-in-laws have it today. And we do uh, the word for winners. We we helping churches build and, you know, just, just getting the word of God out there uh, to let people know about the, the grace of God and, and walking by faith. I love that. And yeah. you're one of these multi-generational visioned uh, leaders that really has a heart to not just experience God in your lifetime, but to do what I believe all of us have been called to do. And that is to pass that baton on to our children and yeah. their grand, our grandchildren and to see the gospel go forward. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And that we leave legacy. That's the whole thing. So my sons now run the they work together, they co-pastor together, and then I have eight grandchildren on staff working in the ministry. So, uh, it, yeah, it's amazing what God what God does, the legacy that we pass on. Well, tell me what God is doing in you right now. What, uh, what word for our listeners would uh, the Lord be giving you for all of us? Well, you know, just really talking about uh, the book that God had me write. Uh, God had visited me. Uh, a few years ago, uh, during a fast, the presence of God just came in the middle of the night, and uh, I was so heavy and thick, and God began to speak to me about uh, the dysfunctional behaviors of enmeshment, which um, I will explain to you, but in that, uh, God, one, the time he was finished uh, taking me through people in the Bible that said no to enmeshment, he said, the last words he said, and, and I hate enmeshment for what it does to my people. Now, the word and, you're using is enmeshment. 
Uh, Enmeshment, yes. What's the origin of that word? Well, that word is is a word that is is about a a controller, a a person in the family that is so full of fear that she has to keep all her, or he has to keep all the ducks in a row of a family. Okay. And, uh, And they do it with abuse. So this so, term would be something from uh, from your studies in uh, either psychology or or some yes, other field. Yes, psychology. Then. Yeah, that kind of field. Except, you know, yeah, you know, I I learned it years ago and and didn't really. It, it's like God awakened that in me, and uh, in the, the world sense, they call it which they call it uh, soulish uh, incest. Soulish. Um, wow. Incest. Wow. Because because. A person uh, that is the control of the family that uses abuse and it's out of fear, uh, they are uh, they they are so emotionally tied to you that you have to do what they say. Otherwise, you're going to be abused to the extent it takes to get you uh, to do what they say. And what happens to the children in the family is that they it's like if a murderer came into the house and said, you know, I'm going to kill you all or whatever. Everybody would submit to, to, you know, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. I'll do whatever you say. Well, that's what survival state happens to the, the children that are being abused. Uh, uh, you know, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. I'll do whatever you say. So they have to leave their identity who God called, you know, who God called them to be. And they have to leave their purpose of their destiny to do what the person the controller of the family is telling them who they can be and uh, what they can do. So in other and, words, that is uh, tying that person up, so to speak, and and they yeah. just become part of the fabric of this dysfunctional state yes. of a family. Yeah, and so they look like the perfect family on the outside, but they're not. Mm. And so, so, you know, so they live with that in their lives. You know, even if they get out of the family and move away, they still wake up every day saying to life, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, I'll do whatever you say. So they become, an, the, 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 and, and many times they're born again in, in that kind of family, but the family is run by fear and God's family is run by love and faith and a freedom of choice. Now, it sounds like you're describing what a lot of people are experiencing right now in this culture. There are so many people, so many uh, heads of households that are kind of rejecting uh, the word of uh, God. And for that matter, the historical America that they've grown up in, there's like going to a new a new path and a new direction. And uh, we, we have a split, divided country right now. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And yes, in a healthy family, they, they, they bring them up into the, the word of the Lord and what God says and how God is love. He's unconditional love. He, he, he hates b- bad behavior, but he always loves you. So, so you know, you discipline be- behavior. You don't disappoint the person because mm-hmm. they're always loved by God, of course. And, uh, and and then it's raised in 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 faith. God has faith that hey, we're gonna be we're we're gonna be okay. You know, he he doesn't run us with fear. He has faith for us, and so we have faith for our families because the word says, you know, train up a child anywhere he should go. When he grows old, he'll not depart from it. So so you have faith to bring him up into the love of God, the faith of God, the uh you know the ways of God and. And, and the right behaviors and, 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 and finding who you are, because when they see you, they ought to see Jesus. So, so this is, you know, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. And so we want to bring our children up to know that very well, that God was intimately involved with them in the womb and, and God has a destiny for them and they're one of a kind and unique. And the Bible says, humbly accept that word that is planted in you. So they, we want them to connect to that inner person that is in them and who God created them to be, not who I say they should be, but who is God telling them who they are and be led by the Holy ghost, which always leads to the word. And then they have a purpose. 
And so God is there, you know, to reveal their purpose in life. But it, it might not be a ministry. It might be uh, working in some job in the world or, or, or starting a business. Or, oh, yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, so they have to have the freedom to be who God says they are, you know, their purpose is and not who I say their purpose is. And so it's, it's that healthy family that God wants us to, to do and not in a mesh family. Well, sadly, uh, this uh, this term that I I really have to confess is new to me. But uh, you know the the conditions now of the term yeah. are not, and that dysfunctional no. state uh, re- really does represent so many people in America today. And it's really sad how many broken marriages there are, which leads to single family, uh, single uh, moms or or single dads yeah. leading the family, and the uh, the idea of a nuclear family of a husband and a wife. Uh, it has been really downgraded by so many people in their minds. They they don't yeah. think that's important. Uh, and and now you introduce a culture that is using same sex uh, relationships and and really saying it's okay through marriage. And now these children are growing up in this kind of a of of a scenario. It, it's it's the recipe for dysfunctionalism. Oh, it def- definitely is, and not knowing your sex. <laughs> I mean, that's awful what they're doing to children today. And I never, I never knew that it would get this crazy. That I, it is now. Yeah. It's just beyond craziness. And, and, you know, abortion and even in Christian realms, they think it's okay to abort. Oh my goodness. That's murder. How, you know, is that, is that okay for me to say here? It is absolutely I mean, okay for you to say. Sorry, radio. Yes. And, you know, and yes. And God, God hates perversion. He ha- he doesn't hate them, but he hates the behaviors that are so um, dysfunctional. I, I so think what you're meaning to say is God. He doesn't hate the sinner. He he hates the sin. But yes. he he, he there is yeah. There's hope for those who are guilty. Yes, yes, yes. So he always loves them, but 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 they have freedom of choice. They they can choose heaven or hell. But he you know. He died for the whole world. My Je- goodness. You know, Jesus yes, he died did. for the whole world. So, so, so he, God's heart, he's mer- he loved us while we were yet sinners. Yes, and, he did. And, and, and he, and disciplined is love and God disciplines us in a loving way, you know? Uh, but the whole thing is I do have freedom of choice when yes. it's all said and done. You know, I can choose heaven or I can choose hell. And we and pray God, that they choose heaven. Dr. Yes, Maureen, we, we got do. a minute left. Give us uh, okay. the, the book that you've written and how people can find it. Okay. The book is called, Will the Real Me Please Stand Up? And uh, they can find it on, on Amazon. It's there. They can go to the thewordforwinners.com and they can get it there. And... um let me see. And then they can go to my YouTube, uh, Maureen Anderson. Like, subscribe, and share. And uh, they can listen to these teachings there also. Oh, that's tremendous. Thank you yes. for spending this time with us today, oh. Dr. Anderson. Oh, thank you for having me. I feel very honored to be on your show. Well, thank you. Yes. And friends, yes. we thank you for joining us as well. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Afternoons with Mike.